0: Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 135, and we are recording on Monday, September 5th. I'm Katie McLean Horner, along with our brand new host, Kendra Winchester, and we are coming to you from Book Riot. Hello and welcome, Kendra.
1: (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm excited
0: to be here. Yeah, and I was going to say, I know you did the the guest host spot while I was on vacation a few weeks ago, so you are not brand new to our Red or Dead listeners, but we're very excited to have you join on in a more permanent capacity.
1: Yes, I am so excited to talk about mysteries and thrillers. There are so many out there and I feel like, you know, how romance authors and, and readers say that if you haven't, if you don't like romance and you haven't been reading the right one. And I feel similarly about mysteries and thrillers. Like if you don't like them, you're probably, probably reading the wrong ones.
0: Yeah. And there's a mystery novel for any mood, any. Any sensibility, any interest, like I was just telling one of our patrons at the library about that. She was saying how she wasn't sure. She's like, well, I don't really like these types of mysteries. I'm like, oh, no, no, don't worry. There's all kinds (laughs) of mysteries. We will hook you up with the right one.
1: (laughs) You need like something like speed dating for mysteries and thrillers? Oh, my gosh.
0: That would, oh my gosh, that is so interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, first it's like determine level of violence. Like, okay, how how are you with this? Okay, more on the cozy end of the spectrum. All right, we're going to pass you on to these people.
1: <laughs> it's a great idea. We, need, we should trademark it or something.
0: Yeah, there we go. There we go. Mystery and thriller speed dating. I like it. <laughs> so I know that, well, I mean, obviously I know a little bit about your background because we've chatted before recording but why don't you tell us a little bit about your you know your time with book riot what you've what you've done previously other podcasts you've done all that fun stuff
1: yeah so from 2016 to the end of 2021 i was executive director of reading women and was uh, the co-host producer editor on the show and that was a wonderful six season podcast with lit hub It was just a really great opportunity to interview authors and talk about different themes, and I really, really loved it. I've been taking some time off, and so I spent the first half of this year kind of recuperating, reading all the books about burnout, et cetera, (laughs) like most millennials, and uh, now I'm excited to get back into things. I really miss podcasting. There's just something about it that I begin to itch if I haven't recorded something in a while, so... (laughs) Uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. I'm a contributing editor for Book Riot, and I write primarily about audiobooks and disability. And now I podcast about mysteries and thrillers. So
0: yeah, a little bit of everything. And the I was going to say those those other two topics often coincide with mysteries and thrillers. So they do,
1: they do. And I I am a bit like we all are with the things that we love in books. I'm pretty picky on my disability representation. So it's very interesting to read mysteries and thrillers. Which often focus on the death of someone. And that, you know, it kind mm-hmm. of centers that. And so there's a lot of interesting conversations to be had, which I'm excited to have on the podcast.
0: Yeah, no, it should it should be really good. And if you all are interested in hearing more about, especially about the audiobook angle, Kendra does uh, Book Riot's audiobook newsletter, which is, I can't remember, is that once a week or twice a week?
1: It's once a week.
0: Once a week. I know, I get, I subscribe to like all of the Book Riot newsletters from my own <laughs> library work, and, I, and I've, I've used her newsletter a bunch of times. And she very regularly posts pictures of her adorable corgis. So I'm just saying.
1: The important things. Yeah,
0: the really important things. Like, I feel like, half of the newsletter editors now are just putting pictures of their pets in there.
1: You know, I have people email me if I don't, if I forget a week or something, they're like, "Where's Dylan?" and uh, I got a corgi puppy shortly after I started the newsletter, so I've kind of tracked her growth and now she's over a year old and I had like birthday photos and stuff and I get the most response from the photos, honestly. So <laughs> No, I have
0: I have definitely reached out to another newsletter editor when they posted a sad update about one of their pets and I went on Slack to find her and I was just like, I read your newsletter and I was so sorry to hear oh. about your pet. It's, it's 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 very interesting the things that can that can bring us together.
1: Yes. I mean, they are the real true heroes of Book Riot keeping all of the different writers sane and <laughs> And, and writing things, um so they deserve their moment in the spotlight, as it were,
0: <laughs> all right. well, normally, this is where we uh we usually talk about uh, what we've been currently reading, but I'm saving what I've been currently reading for the later part of the episode. So no spoilers yet. Um, have you read any mysteries or thrillers recently?
1: I just finished shutter by Ramona Emerson. And she is a Diné uh, writer. And so she writes about our protagonist who can see ghosts. And our protagonist grew up on uh, the Navajo reservation, a ways outside of Albuquerque, but that's where she lives now. And so she takes photos at crime scenes. And there is a horrific death. And she is called and she has to take photos of this woman. So it's a very interesting Mystery of a woman who can actually see ghosts, but they're a lot of times they're hostile. So it's an interesting story. Would recommend.
0: Yeah, I've seen that one. I've had that one on display actually in uh, in our library with the with the new mystery and thriller releases, and it's been staring at me. And I'm like, oh, I've already got like a huge stack of books already <laughs> checked out, but I think I'm gonna just end up having to pick it up. I mean, there's
1: only so much you can do when
0: <laughs> your book starts calling to you. At some point, it's out of your hands.
1: You can only resist for so long.
0: Exactly. And as, you know, I'm, I'm giving them a home. I'm giving them a temporary home and then I'm bringing them back. <laughs> See, this is what I tell my husband when I bring home a stack of library books.
1: <laughs> You're supporting the library, you know, yeah. giving more circulation numbers.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, he, he doesn't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And with that, let's uh, before we jump into the main part of our episode, let's go ahead and hear from our first sponsor. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Alright, so if you are a longtime listener, welcome. We are glad to have you through so many different iterations of, of Red or Dead. If you're a new listener, we are delighted to have you with us. We've got a lot, of, a lot of backlist episodes for you to catch up on, but we've got a lot of fun stuff planned as well. And like we said at the top of the episode, we talk about mysteries and suspense and thrillers and everything that falls under that mysterious umbrella, so to speak. And that can be author read-alikes, we can talk about different subgenres that we haven't really explored, big topics in the news, topics like Kendra mentioned with disability representation. We can talk about audiobooks, anything that falls under under that category is fair game. And if you've listened to the show before, you know this is always the point where we put out a call to our listeners to let us know if you have any suggestions for upcoming episodes because they really, truly help us plan so many of the episodes that we've recorded so far. It's a great way for us to know what you, the listeners, would like to hear more of. It's a great way for us to expand our own reading horizons. It's, you know, win win all around. So if you have any ideas or suggestions, you can shoot us an email or reach out to us via social media. We're going to have all of our contact information at the end of the show and in the show notes. So don't worry about getting it down right now. We just put out the call ahead of time to get those creative juices flowing. And even if you don't have an idea, just want to say hi. We love hearing from our listeners. It gives us all the happy fuzzies. If you enjoy this podcast, definitely leave us a review over at Apple Podcasts so that other people can find us and join us in this fabulous community we've created over the last 5 plus years. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe it's been over 5 years. <laughs> uh, I'm not old enough to have been doing something like this for over 5 years.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm really excited to hear what the listeners want our upcoming themes to be if they have any ideas, especially since I haven't done a lot of themes yet. I am I haven't even done one as of <laughs> right now. So I would love to hear more about what they would like us to chat about because there's always more books.
0: Always more books and always really interesting topics. Like some Like some of the topics that we've come up with or that we've used in the past from our listeners, we've been like, I never would have thought of that. That is awesome. Or it's like, you know, that's an area I've never explored before. So it's, yeah, it's it's really, really cool to hear what, what people are interested in. All right. And then with that, um, there hasn't been a ton of news recently, but apparently over the last couple of weeks, the universe just dumped a bunch of really unusual news, uh, related news items on us. So uh, Kendra, why don't you go ahead and kick us off?
1: Okay. So a lot of people have watched Inventing... Anna. And so from The Hollywood Reporter, the headline is, Inventing Anna Ignites Defamation Suit Against Netflix. Rachel Williams is depicted in the show as Anna's backstabbing freeloader friend. She's taking Netflix to court, alleging the streamer intentionally misrepresented her character to tell a better story. I mean... I love I love this it, it feels very gossipy kind of news for this kind of wild show with these characters. I mean, I I just want to know what happens next. This this is a novel in and of itself, really, honestly. Yeah, and
0: the I know that the person who's bringing this suit, she was the one who wrote the book that the show is based off of. The the book inventing Anna, that was the book that kind of kicked off the whole mainstream fascination with this person or no she didn't not inventing Anna who was my friend Anna that was the name of the book but yeah I I'm I mean on the one hand I get it on the other hand it's also it's like this is what adaptations do especially stuff that's based on real life they they make stuff up
1: yeah I kind of wonder like if she wrote the book that the series is based on did she not get Paid for the rights to her book for the miniseries. Yeah, I'm not sure.
0: And it's um, now it could be. And now that I'm thinking about this, after saying, "Oh, it's based on the book," it may I was, it may not be directly based on the book. I mean, she wrote she wrote the book, my friend Anna. But I can't remember the article. I don't think mentioned specifically, like, "Oh, this is the show that's based on her book." So it okay. could be pulled from somewhere else. So I may. So I I may just be totally wrong with what I was. <laughs> with what I was saying but um at any rate she's definitely very closely involved with the story whether it's whether or not the show was pulled directly from her source material.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she says in a quote here, "Netflix purposely used my real name and real aspects of my life to create a totally false and defamatory characterization of me. The truth matters and portraying real people requires real responsibility." I am filing this lawsuit to hold Netflix accountable for its deliberate recklessness. There's a dramatic reading.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will be interested to see how that plays out if it gets dismissed, if it goes anywhere. And like you said, it's kind of a story within a story, like <laughs> it is. <laughs> so are they going so now they're going to be making the Netflix documentary about the lawsuit against the Netflix show.
1: I mean, we're in a metaverse as it were so why not
0: <laughs> it's just a mobius strip of of adaptations so in other bonkers adaptation news so i think we mentioned a while ago that there was going to be an adaptation of uh laura Lippman's book lady in the lake and natalie portman is starring in it she might be executive producing it. I can't remember, but she's she's definitely starring in it. And the filming had to had to temporarily pause because while they were filming in Baltimore um, a week or two ago, there were there was this group of people that came up to a member of the crew and allegedly pulled a gun on them and said, "Either you stop shooting." this, you stop shooting right now, or pay them $50,000. And if they didn't do it, they were they were going to come back and shoot someone. And so naturally, production stopped while they figured out what was what was going on. I'm not sure. I don't I haven't seen any updates as to, you know, if they were able to determine who these people were. Or there there's speculation about what may have prompted this. I mean, yeah, it's it, they say, oh am I drug related I, I at this point it's all speculation. But yeah, I haven't heard any updates, but that's I mean, that's something you don't hear about, hear about very very often. the the production of a TV series is shut down because of threats of extortion and violence. And I'm not sure why this, you know, is it just they happen to be filming in this location? Did they, you know, I'm not sure what prompted this. And I don't know if we ever really will get a good answer, but it's definitely odd.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting to see this play out. And the article is very short, so we don't have a lot of information yet. But this is definitely something to keep your eye on. Yeah, for sure. And the last item we have is about Agatha Christie's estate. I love a good Agatha Christie discussion. <laughs> uh, so crime writer Val McDermott has revealed she has been threatened with legal action if she uses the phrase queen of crime, because that phrase has been trademarked by Agatha Christie's estate. And this article is from The Scotsman. It's written by Brian Ferguson. And he goes into detail about this, which is... It's just interesting. Like, it's, so it's legally, legally it is, it is trademarked, right? So they do have a legal backing for this, but at the same time, you're like, really? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, and technically I think the lawsuit is against her publisher because her publisher is okay. the one that's been using that in the, like, marketing promos and mm. and stuff like that. But Val McDermott was asked about it, or she was asked about it in an interview, or asked something about Queen of Crime, and she's like, well, I'm not allowed to use that, or we're not allowed to use that phrase anymore, because it's been challenged, or it's been challenged by her, by Agatha Christie's estate. And like you said, there is so, okay, if it's trademarked, it's like, okay, then yeah, there's something to talk about. But then, in addition to the Cease and desist letter that her publisher received from the estate's legal team. She also got a letter from Agatha Christie's great grandson, who helps run the estate, and where he just kind of was like, Well, you will imagine my shock when I saw a poster for your new book and it said, New from the Queen of Crime. And he said, We must protect my great grandmother's legacy. And it's like, Okay, I uh, like if there is a Queen of Crime. It is 100% Agatha Christie. Like, there's no disputing that. But I don't know. I feel like the extra letter, it's like, there's nothing personal, but I, you know, I was, you know, the kind of shock and dismay tone. It's like, is this, I mean, there's the legal side, but there's also, is this really taking anything away from Agatha Christie? And to that, I would say no.
1: (laughs) I I feel like this is definitely a legacy protecting and kind of like, a bit of a privileged position like you said like is this is this really what we want to go for but i guess if the tagline i guess it's sort of like a tagline right so it kind of makes it makes sense legally but um sometimes at the same time it feels kind of silly just as a reader but here we are so
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i imagine that there well Clearly, Val McDermott is she's looking at this going, this is this is kind of ridiculous. I'm going to guess that the publisher is probably going to comply with the cease and desist because they probably don't want that kind of trouble. So I don't necessarily know that there's going to be like some big showdown in court over this. Although if there is, someone would need to write a book about that. Um, But yeah, it just it just seems a little extra, maybe. I don't know i don't know i I, you know and like i understand you know she agatha christie has such a renowned legacy but at the same time she has such a renowned legacy yeah i just i don't yeah i i don't know that this is causing trouble or not but this is why i work with books and why i'm not a lawyer
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah we'll just we'll just sit here and and read these things while they go handle handle that
0: (laughs) all right so For the main part of this episode, we thought that this would be a great opportunity to uh, talk since we have a new we have a new host to talk about, you know, Kendra, you know, what kind of books, mysteries that you tend to gravitate towards any particular favorites that you have. And then of course, I can throw in a couple of my own favorites or recent favorites or anything like that. But Just to jump into this, what, you know, as a mystery, suspense, thriller, true crime reader, what types of stories, like, what types of stories are in your wheelhouse and ring all of the bells for you?
1: I'd say uh, there are probably like four types of mysteries that I really like. One is I love a courtroom drama. There's just something about being in the courtroom. Maybe it's because I've watched crime shows for most of my young life. Uh, I was very into them as a teenager. I am not sure. I also really like character-driven mysteries that feel kind of slower. And so I really enjoy those. And about I'll talk about one here in a second. But the other two would be locked room mysteries set in a mansion that may or may not involve ghosts. <laughs> and then the other one is villains. I love crime novels from the perspective of the villain it is just my favorite thing. Like when I read Gone Girl, and I was not part of the online bookish community, but when I read Gone Girl, I was like, they're all villains. This is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So I really enjoyed that, which uh, I know it's kind of like so popular. It's now almost passe to like Gone Girl. But I feel like at the time when it came out, it was like, wow, it just blew my mind. Mm -hmm. So I really I really enjoyed that. So those are probably my top four. Cozy Mysteries with Food, I would also go for that. So I would say those (laughs) are my top ones.
0: (laughs) And those are good because they usually throw in a recipe in there too. So it's two for one there. You know, it's interesting hearing you talk about really enjoying the stories from the point of view of the villain, because, you know, that's something that when I when I've done reader's advisory training for work or I've, you know, talked to different types of mystery readers that that's something that you either really enjoy or you really dislike. Like there are people who like mysteries, but they're like, I do not want to be in the head of the bad guy. I do not want to be in, you know, in that head space, which I think, I mean, I think is totally, it's, it's valid. I for one love, as I've said so many times on this podcast, my reading preferences are the three Ds: dark, demented, and disturbing. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like, I'll, all of that dark stuff, I'm just like, give it to me, come on. So, I love those types of books as well. Yeah, where you're in that, yeah, where you're where you're reading it from that perspective, it's just it just adds an extra level of intensity, and I just I, I love it. But yeah, it's interesting. It's some it's something that some people really love, and something that other people really don't love. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have definitely seen a lot of people just uh, not understand why you would want to be there. And I do have, you know, I do have like a, a limit. I don't like books like Lolita, for example, because mm. it's just too realistic, mm-hmm. right? I prefer the over the top kind of dramatic type villains. In that way, because it's just I find it really entertaining to try to see how they're trying to get away with the crime actively, like all the different things they did to try to, you know, evade police capture and like all of these different things. So it is is a lot of fun.
0: All right. Well, before um, I'll have you jump in with your first pick. But before we do that, let's go ahead and hear from our second sponsor. All right. So, which which book? Which what what first pick do you want to bestow upon us?
1: <laughs> uh, so, I really love Praveen mystery from *The Widows of Malabar Hill* by Sujata Massey. This is the character that we follow through this series, and *The Widows of Malabar Hill* is the first book. It's set in nineteen twenties Bombay, and she is a solicitor. And she's not actually allowed to be a solicitor technically because she's not allowed to sit like the lawyer exam. I don't know what the name of it, the bar exam equivalent in <laughs> India. And so she works for her dad. So she works uh, doing a lot of different things, which is helpful in Bombay because when like the client in was a Malabar Hill, when her husband died, these Muslim women are not allowed to see men. And so she's actually the only person that can go in and talk to them. And so that's her task. That's the case we follow for this book. And we try to figure out, like, how did the husband die? Was he murdered? Like, what is going on? We also get Praveen mystery's backstory. And I think the first novel is unique a lot in this way because it jumps back and forth in time as we get to know her. So it is a bit slower, but books two and three kind of speed up a little bit because they're not giving you as much backstory of Praveen's. And I just love all of the books. I love this whole series. It's an automatic pre-order kind of series for me. And I love Soho Crime and what they're doing. The Shutter, the Ramona Emerson book that I mentioned, is also a Soho Crime book. And they're just doing a great job of bringing unique mysteries to the forefront.
0: Yeah, I went... I mean, you already I'm just like you are the perfect fit for this show because every every person who has been either a host or a guest host on this show absolutely loves this series from Sujata Masi. She is one of one of the most discussed authors on this show. It's like her and Tana French, those are like the top two. <laughs> But yeah, I loved The Widows of Malabar Hill. And considering that it does not hit the three Ds, dark, demented, and disturbing, not that I, I don't read anything outside of them, but it doesn't automatically like, you know, it it doesn't automatically ju- gr- jump out at me as something that I would enjoy. But I loved this book and I loved Praveen's character. She's so, she's authentic without being, without feeling too much like a, I don't know. She, it's like, she tries really hard and it's not like, you know, she, she it's not one of those like amateur detectives where they kind of like stumble into a crime. Like she's really doing the best possible job that she can, but she overcomes, the, but she comes up against these obstacles and she manages to fight around them. And oh, I just, I love her character so much.
1: Yes. She's very resilient without being a saint. She's a very flawed character, just like anyone is. And that's something I really appreciate because sometimes an author will overcompensate and make their resilient character too, I don't know, too perfect, I guess. Mm -hmm. And she's not that. She's just a very realistic character to me. Um, I say this as never having lived in 1920s Bombay, but I really enjoyed her. Yeah. She's really a star.
0: Yeah. And I have I have read the first two books in the series, and I think I own the third. I actually have to double check on that. Um, I have not yet read the third, but, you know, that's, I mean, that's been the story for a lot of books on my list. I've been meaning to read it. So for my first pick, since I have, I mean, I've spent five years on this show, and so I've talked a lot about my, a lot of the my favorite books. So I wanted to talk about a book that I am actually listening to right now on audio. Just, it's really hitting that that sweet spot for me in terms of what I wanted to listen to or read or whatever, What the, the story that I wanted to take in. And that is The Jigsaw Man by Nadine Matheson. And this book came out, oh, no more than a couple of years ago. And it's set in London and features Detective Inspector Angelica Henley, um, who is a Black woman who has been she she's been on restricted duties ever since being attacked during the course of an investigation catching this serial killer called the jigsaw man or that's that's what the press termed him and without going into graphic details he was called the jigsaw man because he took his victims and he detached their limbs and their head and Left them in different strategic places across London. And so the police had to literally put the pieces together to figure out, is this all this for the belonging to the same person? Is there someone else going on with this? It's yeah, you know, pretty, pretty gruesome crimes. And this killer has been in jail for, for a couple of years now and as di henley has been put back into the field basically it's a co- almost a copycat version of the same crimes so there's there's a lot happening in this book it's it's I don't want to call it leisurely paced, but it ha- it's not it's it doesn't have super frantic pacing. So it kind of, it goes at its own speed, but there is so much happening. You're getting the details of the investigation, you're getting the details of her relationship with her husband and her young daughter, which spoiler alert is not great. Because of everything that happened and how she kind of deals with that trauma, you're getting an in-depth look at her trauma. So this is a book that comes with a fair number of trigger warnings. I will I will give you that uh, notification right off the bat. I, I was expecting, you know, it's, it's a really solid police procedural. And I have not, I was going to say, I have not uh, finished it yet. This has been what I've been listening to on my commutes to and from work the last couple of weeks. But, yeah, it's there's a lot happening, a lot of darkness, a lot of detail. And then they're also, you know, to kind of going to your point about the story being told from the villain's perspective, there are a few chapters in there interspersed with the perspective from the the killer who is who has been in jail for the last couple of years. So you kind of get little peeks inside his head. And if you like, also if you like the story set up kind of like Silence of the Lambs where the the investigator has to go visit the killer in jail to learn from them or see if they have any insights that's happening in this story as well so if that if that's a trope that you really like this would be a good one to add to your list but it's really it's a really thoughtfully written book and the author really seems to be taking the time to you know to not gloss over the trauma of what she has of what di henley has been through and so you kind of you get a lot of that information in there as well about how she's processing this or not processing it and the whole time i'm listening to this book i just want to yell at her i'm like you're making bad choices don't do this It's like, there are so many other ways you could be handling this right now. Or I'm like, go talk to a therapist. But it's it's a really, really well-written just intelligently thoughtfully written book. And it's also, like I said, it's it's pretty dark, it's pretty gruesome. And it just happens to be hitting all of those bells that I'm looking for. So again, that is The Jigsaw Man by Nadine Matheson. And it's the first in a series. I think the second book like just came out this sometime this year. So if you've read it and want to, uh, there is a second book for you to pick up as well.
1: So my second pick is Quicksand by Malin persson Dilito, and it's translated from Swedish by Rachel Wilson-Broyles, and this is out from other press. And this novel is part courtroom drama and backflashes to Maya's previous year, as it were. So in the present, she is about to be on trial for being involved in a school shooting where her boyfriend... Uh, killed a bunch of people, and then shot himself. And so everyone is speculating whether or not she helped him. So then we also go back to the beginning of she and Sebastian's relationship, and we see how she kind of became enthralled with this boy. And I really love this book because it really shows what happens when a teenage girl doesn't really have the support of her family in a certain way, one of the reasons that she became so isolated with her boyfriend was because her parents weren't always there for her and and caring enough to know where she was and what she was doing to a certain degree because she just disappears from them and stays with her boyfriend for weeks on end. And she's not even like 18 yet, so... It's like, what, where, where are you? And so there's a lot of different themes in this book around feminism and about how men often take advantage of young women, whether or not that man is also a young person. And it's just a really just layered book. And they turned it into a Netflix series. And I absolutely love that Netflix series. I just, oh, it was so good. I was, I watched it all in like one
0: sitting. <laughs> <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know it's a good series.
1: Yes, because it has a lot of episodes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That sounds so interesting. And the author's name is ringing. is have they possibly written another book? I could be thinking of a different of a different author, but
1: it says that this is her English language debut. So I'm not sure if since this came out in twenty sixteen that more books have come out. Um <sighs> But we, you know, I bet you could just do a quick Google search and folks can find more. But I bet you could find a lot of different ones. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's, I I too enjoy a good courtroom drama that doesn't, especially one that doesn't fall too much in the, the, like the SVU trap or anything like that. Yeah. But yeah, that one sounds super interesting and I am definitely going to add that one to my ever expanding
1: poor tbr (laughs) never ending tbr
0: oh boy all right and then my second pick all right this one i have mentioned this one a few times on the show but it's one that i don't talk about a ton and i always talk about this as kind of like my back pocket recommendation for someone who thinks that they're like you know that they've read most stuff and they want they want something new, something that's gonna that's gonna surprise them. So this one is Perfect Days by Rafael Montes, um, translated by Allison and Trickin. and this this book is like if you took The Talented Mr. Ripley and turned it up to eleven. Like it it's a similar ish type of concept. You ha- you're in the 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 perspective is from the villain is the main character basically you're in his head pretty much the entire time, and he is not a redeemable person he's really really not, but you're you are so kind of compelled and horrified at the same time that you just kind of keep reading, but. This one also comes with a fair number of trigger warnings, as it is a story of extreme stalking and obsession. So I will put that out there at the beginning. Tio is the main character. He is a medical student, and he finds that he connects on an emotional level with the cadavers that he studies than actual people. So that's like, that's like the first chapter. That's kind of how we're starting this off. And then he meets Clarice, who is, you know, pretty much everything that he is not. And he becomes obsessed with her. And that escalates. And then, then it escalates to a point where you could just go, oh my goodness. And then it just kind of goes on from there. And that's a about all I'm going to say. Because yeah, the escalation comes pretty fast and then you're like, "Wait, what what is happening for the rest of this book?" And it is not a book for everyone. I say this every time I mention it, but this is a book that I like to give to my friends who do go for some of the darker stuff and they're like, "Well, I've read the psychological suspense. I'm looking for something different." I'm like, "This one will mess you up." <laughs> but it is it's it's dark, but there is a level of just absurd dark humor in there as well that you just you just kind of read it and you're just just kind of baffled that a story like this has has been written and you're just like what is happening and as I have mentioned a couple of times I have very strong thoughts about the cover design for the hardcover and the paperback if you can get your hands on a hardcover copy of this book it's a white cover with a with an open suitcase with like pink satin lining in it. That's the cover you want. The paperback one is much more generic, much more kind of abstract with different it's it's got a it's got like a blood red palm tree on the cover, which okay fine. Like, you know, if that was what it was <laughs> like if that was the cover just for all of it, it's like, okay, I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't really care. But because the hardcover version is so perfect and you you only realize it when you read the book and then you go oh that that, that's why i have strong thoughts about it so this is a short book i it's just under 300 pages it it has teeth it is nasty it's not for everyone but if you're looking for something something dark to kind of shake up your reading routine this is it and again that is perfect days by rafael montez and it's translated by allison and trekkin all right, so I mean, I'm sure we could talk about <laughs> of can. course, we could talk about our favorite books for much <laughs> for much longer. There are so many, but yeah, if you so any of you listeners, if you want to say hi to Kendra, share your own favorites I'm sure you know there's there's lots to talk about when it comes to just our our own personal favorites, and I'm sure we'll get to hear about more of them in in future episodes, but but yes, yeah, so it's, thank you for, you know, for indulging us Kendra. I always I always love getting getting to know <laughs> the the new guest hosts, the new permanent hosts. This it's it's always a fun look to see what what pe- what individual people really enjoy reading.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. I feel like we'll have a lot of great things to talk about.
0: And then with that, we've got a couple of new releases coming out in the next week or so. And Kendra, you've got our first pick. Why don't you you go ahead and kick us off with that?
1: Yes, I am very excited for this book. Uh, As someone from Appalachia, I'm very familiar with cryptids. (laughs) And this book, A Death in Door County by Annalise Ryan, follows Morgan Carter, who is an owner of Odds and Ends Bookstore in Door County, Wisconsin. This is her hobby. She really loves reading about cryptids. And studying them, so when a number of bodies turn up on the shores of like Michigan with injuries that look like something huge has taken a chunk out of them, they call her up and are like, "Hey, like, what is what is this?" Anyway, she becomes involved in this because of her cryptid love, and oh my goodness, I I'm so excited for this book. But uh, Katie, you live, you are familiar with Dora County, right? Because you're up, yeah. Up near in the Midwest.
0: Yeah, no. I, when I saw this title, my immediate thought was, "Oh my gosh, have I ordered this for my library? Because our <laughs> patrons will want to read this." Yeah, if you're if you grew up in the well, specifically in the like in the Chicago or Milwaukee area, but just kind of generally in the Midwest, everyone knows Door County. Everyone in that I know, except for like my family, <laughs> vacations in Door County. My grandparents vacationed in Door County every year. Like, they'd get two weeks in the fall, they'd they'd go up to Door County. Like, everyone I know spends time in Door County. It's like, it's not the Hamptons in terms of like the oh only the super rich people vacation there but in terms of everyone goes there yeah door county it's one of those places like it's like some people are like oh i think i might go up there in the summer i'm like look you better already have your own place up there because it just gets bonkers door county is it is ubiquitous in this area so yeah when i saw that this book
1: focused on door county i'm like
0: oh my goodness i have so many people who are gonna want to read this
1: I mean, cryptids, I mean, they're just growing in popularity as Appalachia's culture has now kind of hit the internet. So people are becoming more and more aware of it. But I didn't realize that people in the Midwest also follow cryptids. So that's pretty cool.
0: Well, I I was definitely a cryptid kid when I was growing up. I loved, I still do. I mean, gosh, my my husband and I are rewatching The X-Files from like episode one right now. So, but yeah, Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, aliens, all of that type of stuff I was super interested in as a kid. And while I will say that I always wished that there were tales of a lake monster in Lake Michigan, even though we don't live super, we don't live super near Door County. I grew up literally like two minutes west of the lake. So, you know, I spent a lot of time at Lake Michigan. I'm like, there are no monsters in Lake Michigan. <laughs> so I'm v- I'm very interested to see how this book plays out and see if it fulfills my, my lifelong interest of growing up near a monster infested body of water.
1: <laughs> you never know. You never know. Yep. And your book is a thriller in translation
0: yes and this one sounds super interesting especially if you're a fan of really really intricately plotted mysteries and so this one is called the enigma of room 622 by joelle dicker um translated from the french by robert bonanno and that comes out on september 13th um oh also the previous book the door county one also comes out on september 13th as well so But If you're listening to this right when the episode airs, you'll have to wait a few days, but add these books to your list. Anyway, so the premise of the story is that there's the Hotel Verbier, which is a resort in the Swiss Alps, and in one December night, a corpse is found in room 622 of the hotel. And an intense investigation begins, but they don't have many leads. And then time passes and public interest wanes without any breaks in the case. And it just kind of stagnates. Years later, Joel Dicker, who, yes, is the author of the book, he writes himself in as a character. He arrives at the hotel to recover from a lot of from a lot of stuff happening in his personal and professional life. And he's hoping that maybe he can begin a new novel. And while he's trying to trying to figure out what his new book is going to be about, he decides that he's also going to play Sherlock Holmes because he is an expert at writing thriller novels, and he wants to look into the hotel's long unsolved murder case. And of course, you can't have a Holmes without a Watson. And in this case, his Watson is Scarlet, who is a beautiful woman, also an aspiring novelist staying next door to him. And she joins him in the investigation. Meanwhile, there while this is all happening, there's also a big takeover happening with the largest private bank in Switzerland. Macaire Abesner is poised to take over as president, and the succession is really you know is is drawing a lot of attention in the media and the future looks very bright until it doesn't and so there's its own story happening there and as we all know in books that have two seemingly unrelated timelines those timelines are definitely related and are definitely going to converge and yeah so this book is just described as an absolute puzzle and it's just meticulously plotted, and it's just got all of these details. And so if you're a fan of those types of puzzle mysteries, trying to piece things together along with the characters, this sounds like a super, super interesting, interesting book. And again, that is The Enigma of Room 622 by Joel Dicker, who does write himself into the book as a character. And it is translated from the French by Robert Bonanno, and it's out on September 13th.
1: Well, there are so many great books just in time for spooky season. I'm very excited. Yes.
0: Yes, very much so. Lots, lots of great fall releases.
1: Well, that is our show. Thanks so much to everyone for listening. Uh, and thanks so much to our wonderful sound editor, Jen Zink, the hero of the day, as always. <laughs> for our show notes, you can head over to bookriot.com slash listen. For more book recommendations and bookish goodness, head over to bookriot.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen, or just search Book Riot in your podcast player of choice. If you want to send an email with feedback or show suggestions, you can reach us at redordead at bookriot.com. You can also find me, Kendra, on Twitter and Instagram at KDWinchester. And you can find Katie on Twitter at KTLibraryLady. And we will talk to you all next time. Bye.